Are you ready? another edition of the Ultimate Fight Show. I'm your host, LC, and with me as always is the Bragg man, Chris Bragg. How you doing out there in Georgia? LC, I'm doing great, man. It feels like it's forever since we've been, had a chance to sit down and talk to each other, but <laughs> what a weekend, what a week to come back. Uh, such an epic, epic weekend we've got coming up, the biggest fight in the history of the world, and then of course, the late-breaking news that's happened last night that I'm sure we'll get into in just a minute. But uh, how you been, man? How's it going? How's how's school going? I know you started back. Oh, uh, it's going well. It's uh, I'm a little more tired than I've been in a long time, but it's good to be back. It's good to be back in a routine, and I'm looking forward to coaching freshman basketball at the high school for the first time this year, opposed to the other AAU jobs that I've done in the past. But people didn't listen to find out more about our lives. They want to know what's happening this weekend. And of course, as the Bragman alluded to, it might be bigger than World War One and Two combined. It is the biggest fighting <laughs> combat sports history. You don't have to watch it on the Ocho. You can watch it on pay-per-view. And, of course, we're talking about Mayweather-McGregor. But first, let's get to the particulars. You're listening to The Ultimate Fight Show, 1657-383-1412 if you want to call in. If you want to listen on demand, that's also fine, too. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Brag, you want to hit them with those? Of course I can. It's The Ultimate Fight Show on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at The Ult Fight Show. And at Instagram as well, we're on the Ultimate Fight Show. Yeah. It seems a little strange that there's another big fight happening this weekend, and no one's even talked about the fact that Miguel Cotto is fighting on HBO Saturday night for a WBO junior middleweight title. Kind of lost in the shuffle, but that's, that's just what happens when the number one fighter in MMA fights the number one fighter in boxing you're going to have pretty much all other sports fade into obscurity. But let's start the show off, Bragg, with the breaking news coming out of UFC 214. John Bones Jones, arguably the greatest UFC fighter of all time, a man who has never been defeated by another in the octagon, has for what seems now like the third time been defeated by life. And, of course, we're talking about the rumors that are now confirmed that his sample A drug test came back positive for steroids. And it 
you know, I'm, I'm so upset, Bragg, that I'm going to let you talk a little bit first while I gather my thoughts because I'm just really disappointed in John Jones. Well, if you've listened to the show before, and if you haven't, why not? But you you know I've been down on John Jones for a couple of years now. I, I'm tired of the antics. I'm tired of the outside interference in his career. This is, you know, he, it was back, it was, I believe, five years ago or four years ago today that UFC 151 was canceled uh, because, of Dan Henderson getting injured and John Jones refusing to take another fight. Of course, that was an entire pay-per-view canceled. UFC 200 came about um, after a suspension by John Jones. Two days out of fighting Daniel Cormier, he got suspended again, got popped for something. And now this, UFC 214, the triumphant return of John Bones Jones. And he looked good. He did what he had to do. He defeated Daniel Cormier. You know, maybe this is maybe he's got finally got it on track. Well, just close. What happens? Uh, comes back and he fails the test. So there's a lot of circumstances surrounding this that we've read. We don't know all the details yet. Uh, it's been pretty quiet outside of the breaking news. But if I understand everything correctly. He passed every test up until the fight. This was a post-fight test that he failed. And they give these fighters, they draw the blood and give, give these fighters these tests pretty much right after the fight. Once they get rehydrated, once they get in the back, get their um, medical examination complete, they draw the blood and take that test then. So and let, something happened in that week leading up to that fight, apparently, and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know what, how it is. Apparently, and I'm looking it up because I want to make sure I um, well, I, speak I was on just this gonna, correctly. I was just going to interrupt, Bragg, and tell you that there has been more updated news now. They said that the, the, the sample that tested positive was from the after the weigh-in. Not from okay. – they have not – the, the post-fight sample B has not been tested yet. So that's the only reason why they're still hush-hush about whether or not – because John Jones' coaches now have come out and been speaking for him and say that they vehemently deny that John Jones was on anything. So they're thinking that he's going to get adjudicated here and be, and be found innocent with this sample B from USADA. But what we do know is that the after the weigh-in, so we're talking about 36 hours, 24 to 36 hours before the fight, the P, the P test that he gave then is what came back dirty. Okay. All right. Well, I will stand corrected there. Again, I was going on information I saw earlier today, late last night and earlier today. Uh, you know, here's the thing. And for the sport of MMA and for John Jones, it's like I hope he gets, I hope he does come out of this okay. I hope there was a, a dirty sample. I hope there was something going on there because he can't afford another failed test. I don't know if I don't know if Daniel Cormier can afford another failed test on John Jones' part this time. And we always say people are innocent until proven guilty. And that is the case here. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to crucify the man right now. But 
after the history that he's had, it's hard not to go straight to jail here. It's it's hard not to immediately think the worst when this news comes out because he keeps – like you said, he keeps – he's never been defeated by another man. He keeps hurting himself. He can't get out of his own way to co- continue and complete a career that is a surefire Hall of Fame one. So I, I hope it comes out well. I hope there's – not, they're not going to have to strip him of the title, like like has been rumored, and and I hope he can move on with his career, just just for his sake, for the USC's sake, and for Daniel Cormier's sake. Because you look at this guy who's been on the tail end of John Jones' failures a few times. I'd say what this is the second time now, and they've they've had a couple of false starts with their fights for other reasons. Uh, you know, this is a big monkey on John on Daniel Cormier's back, and John Jones was able to beat him soundly. Uh, Cormier came back; he admitted defeat, admitted Jones was the better man. He was ready to move on from John Jones. John Jones was ready to move on to Daniel Cormier, and this is just another black eye on this feud. And again, I feel for both com- combatants. I feel for the fans who invested their time in John Jones. It, it's sad to think, and there were a lot of ideas, a lot of rumors floating around. And I know you're going to address one in just a minute. Um, of course, there was a lot of talk about John Jones and Brock Lesnar uh, getting it on after Lesnar's suspension was completed and after he completes his WWE commitments later this year. Um, if, if Jones is suspended, by the athletic commission here, and he he cannot he's not able to fight for another couple of years. I mean that that pretty much closes the door on him being a viable contender. Um, that's it. Now what does he do? Does he pursue a WWE career? Does he you know wrestle Brock Lesnar in the WWE ring? I, I mean, in all seriousness, what happens to John Jones at this point? You got a guy who who has essentially had issues in the past. It seems like his motivation was to fight. It seems like his motivation was to be better. If he, if that's taken all away from him, I sort of worry about the man at this point. Yeah, I mean, all, all the things you just talked about are are right on point. What I, what I kind of want to talk about now, just something that you haven't covered, is let's look at the other people involved here. You're talking about Dana White, who's now come out and, you know, said, this is the best fighter I've ever seen. He's 30 years old. This is his third suspension. It's four years. I don't know if you're aware that the USADA, for a second-time offender, it's four-year ban. John Jones. Yeah, it put him at 30 30 years years old. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Cormier... You know, I know, I know what people are thinking, oh, that 34 isn't as old as it used to be and blah, blah, blah. But four years of inactivity that he can't fight anywhere. He can't fight Bellator. He cannot get in a cage for four years. I think his career is over. Um, I, I do want to agree with that. Keep in mind, too, not only is he 34, but he's been fighting since he was, what, 
23, professionally. I mean, so he's already had a pretty long career uh, for MMA lifespan as it is. Now, he's been fortunate enough he hasn't had a lot of injuries that have kept, that have held him back. But again, that that you know the mindset makes me wonder if he would be able to come back from that. Now the other the other things involved. Dana White happened to mention like, you know, what if John Jones would have just been like Daniel Cormier his whole career? He would be on the same level as McGregor and Mayweather. He would have the endorsements. We would be sitting here talking about John Jones in the same realm as Floyd Mayweather is to boxing. He would be have, making those same comparisons. Instead, we got a guy who's tested positive for marijuana, for cocaine, for an antibiotic steroid, for a diuretic, and now for Turnable, which is another form of steroid that creates lean muscle so that you can, it, it's basically, it's not as bad as anabolic steroids, but it's a little bit more serious than a supplement slash diuretic because let's face it we we talked about this on the show the last time we got together John Jones is too big for this division now this is a guy that walks around at 225 230 he's not he doesn't have many more fights we we said said that if he beat Cormier we'll probably see him fight Gustafson again or maybe move up to heavyweight well the prognosticators that we are White said last night that Stipe Miocic and John Jones were set to fight at UFC 218 in Detroit for the heavyweight championship of the world. It doesn't that really get bigger than that. that. I mean, yeah, no, exactly. No, I would be at that fight. I would, I would have paid to see that fight. Detroit's two hours away from where I live. And you, you mentioned this um, low lights, so to speak. Uh, the, all the drug um, suspensions he's had. Don't forget, there was the drink driving incident where he totaled his vehicle, and there was also the hit and run. So it's not just drugs. I mean, there, there's other bad decisions this guy has made within his life that have kind of combined and put him where he is today. And it's sad, and it's unfortunate, and it's really the contrast to the highlights we're going to have um, this weekend, it's it's just a, you know, it's, it's sort of a black eye. And I hope it I, I hope it all comes out on the right side for John Jones, but it doesn't look like it's at this time, at least, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. No, and and, and make no mistake, th- this has happened before with a few fighters where their sample A tested positive and then their sample B came back negative, and you know. The bottom line is USADA runs the best testing slash, I would say, VADA for the Olympics. Like, those two organizations do the best drug testing in the world. But, again, at the end of the day, there's still human error that can happen. Vials can get mixed up. Samples can be mislabeled. You know, we know that things happen in life. But USADA has a 99% accuracy rate when it comes to these kind of tests. So unless three, what, what, what two in two days. So if John Jones figured out how to get rid of steroids out of your system in 36 hours, that's his only chance that 
that this is not real. Um, keeping that in mind, I want to ask you a question. You know, I, I've been thinking about this all day since I heard the breaking news and, you know, just replaying this guy's career because, as you know, you know, we've seen every UFC fight ever from UFC 1. And this is a guy you brought up about the, the, the hit and run. This is a conflict of character. This is a guy who might be a sociopath. You look at the, the superficial glib that this guy had, the charm after he beat Cormier in the third round, you know, trying to bury the hatchet, trying to put on the good guy, John, I'm a good dude, like me again, look how great I am. And, and on the other end of the equation, you have one of the greatest ambassadors of the sport ever in Daniel Cormier, a guy who is the epitome of what a champion should be in and out of the ring, goes out there, wins the first two rounds, and then misjudges a kick and gets knocked out. Probably for the last month has been on the suicide watch, contemplating if his career should go on or not. And the only man to ever beat him might have been cheating both times. It's, it's horrible. It's really horrible to think. Uh, and I, like I said earlier, I, I tried to give you know Daniel Cormier a little credit as well. And to his credit, he is handling this. He he came out with a short statement. Uh, you know, very classy, very quiet. Going to reserve his judgment. But down deep down inside, privately, you know, it's got to tear him up. Again, it broke his heart that he lost that fight uh, to John Jones and got knocked out for the first time in his career. Um, but now, I mean, you, you think of the mixed emotions. You know, you're just now to a point. He had just returned to USC tonight last week, I believe, um, and he, he was in good spirits. He was happy to be back. Now, less than a week later, I mean, it, it's it's all coming back, and the emotions are – got to be just tearing them up. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what Daniel Cormier is going through right now. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, we're big fans of his. And, you know, who, who, who's who, who's to say, you know, where he goes? He, he had not made a decision yet. I think he said he was going to be taking a vacation with his family this week before his kids started back to school. So I'll ask you this. If it goes through, if John Jones is found guilty of this and is suspended again, he's going to be stripped of the title. Should it go back to Daniel Cormier, and who should Cormier fight in his first title defense? Or do you think Cormier should just leave the light heavyweight division alone, go ahead and move up to heavyweight and sort of wash his hands of that whole situation and be done with it? That's a good question. Um, If John Jones – is positive and they strip him of the title and his career is over. I believe that Daniel Cormier, I mean, this is a hard question. It's hard because of the fact that, listen, he, yes, he took a steroid, but that's not why he lost the fight. He lost the fight because he went, he was thinking a low kick was coming and Jones brought it up hot. That's Jones athleticism. That's John Jones, the goat. He got knocked down. There's nothing. There's nothing you can you can say about it. But what you can say is that those first two rounds where John Jones was getting beat and looked mortal, maybe if Jones isn't on steroids, he doesn't get that second wind 
at the start of the third round that allows him to land that kick that ends Cormier's reign. So in my opinion, it definitely warrants a third fight between the two if John Jones is ever allowed to fight again. It definitely, if I was Daniel Cormier, you've never lost to anyone else but John Jones. You could make a case that you're undefeated, that no clean fighter has ever beat you. Uh, and I think John, I think Daniel Cormier then gets elevated by default into the conversation of greatest light heavyweight of all time. And I think he should absolutely stay at light heavyweight. Well, that's, that, that's definitely an interesting point. You know, we talked before about the results out of that fight, you know, what Cormier should do. I, and, and to be honest, I, I don't know of any other light heavyweight at this time who would beat Daniel Cormier outside of John Jones. So he could be I'd looking like to at see a, him and Gustafson fight again. That would that was that was that would be the biggest uh fight that they could make right now at the light heavyweight division. Uh it would be a not it would be a good fight. Uh Gustafson would give him problems. I mean there's no doubt about it. Um I but I just again I just Daniel like you said, Daniel Cormier could be arguably the greatest light heavyweight of all time if John Jones is done. And and, so. and again, Bragg I picked Daniel Cormier that night. That was the only fight I lost on that card. And it was me on a limb just thinking that we, we posed this in the lead up to the fight on our show. What if Daniel Cormier and, and Alexander Gustafson, the two men that have gave John Jones the best fights of his career, both said that they felt like John Jones was on something when he fought them. Then this happens now in the third fight, a fight that Jones was losing and then somehow won with his athleticism. It's, it's a, it really, it's a really slippery slope. And I think it, in a way it, it damages the sport of UFC as a whole. Now, let me ask you this question in a transition with this sample B test still waiting to be confirmed and the fact that the UFC has not done well this year with their pay-per-views and in general since the, since the $4.2 billion purchase. Conspiracy theorists perk up your ears, but would it surprise you if John Jones's test came out negative on the B because the owners of the UFC and the people who had billions invested might lose their best fighter ever. You got McGregor possibly never going to fight again, you know, because of this huge fight with Mayweather. If they threw a couple million dollars or tens of million dollars at the problem and it goes away. That would be, (laughs) um, wow. That's, you know, you'd hate to think that would be a possibility or that would be the business that they do. I, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know. The UFC has not had a good year. You're absolutely right. He they have not had a as successful of a year. You've got guys, you know. Of course, they lost Ronda Rousey to you know her her deal. You've got John Jones been in and out, now back out of the fray. Lesnar tested positive. Um, Lesnar tested positive. He's six months away. Uh, on that same lines. The highly touted CM Punk uh, 
you know, flamed out of his fight. They're still wanting to do a second fight with him. I think they're trying to squeeze as much uh, as much out of them as they can before, you know, he decides he can't do it anymore. Uh, you've got guys like Conor McGregor. You said Conor McGregor, who's off boxing. The Diaz brothers aren't around. They're bringing back George St. Pierre to fight Michael Bisbing. Um, Anderson Silva was just announced. He's going to be fighting, I believe, in November or December. Um, but that's not going to be in the United States. So the UFC is not having their best of year right now. They're they're down at the moment. At, uh, at the at the very least, you have to consider what I just said to be at least a ten percent plausible. <laughs> I, I I can't say it. I can't say uh, I can't say it definitely wouldn't happen. I'd hope it wouldn't. Uh, you know, the the black helicopters are flying around as we're talking about it. it Probably it makes for very it makes for interesting conversation. But um, stranger things have happened. I mean, I I, I think and, and we'll talk about this a little later on. You've got to think now that the UFC is doubled down on their hopes and dreams that Conor McGregor can pull the upset this weekend. Oh, oh, look, wait. Make, the, make, I mean, we're going to transition into, into that in a couple minutes, but you're 100% right. If, if Conor McGregor somehow knocks out Floyd Mayweather, you won't even hear about – like, that's the, that, that's the, that will be in the news for the next year. It's the biggest upset in sports. Ever. Ever. Yes, ever. So. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, dude, it, it, again, like I said, I, I feel cheated. Because let's make no mistake. John Jones' knockout of, Dan, of DC, a dude who's ranked number eight as the greatest heavyweight of all time and who's never lost at light heavyweight except for to him – and was the champion in the two stints when Jones was suspended before, he knocked him out. This should have been John Jones's greatest performance, and now it might be his biggest defeat. It's just really sad. It, it Ma- is. Max, Max Kellerman, I don't know if you heard earlier, but he had a really good insight. He's talked to John Jones several times, and he's like, I don't think this guy's stupid. I just think he's that much of an egomaniac. He's that arrogant that you would take steroids coming off of a steroid suspension. Like, what is, What are you even thinking? Do you think that they were just going to not do their job? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's, it's sad. and It's almost scary to think, um, you know, what may have been going through his mind to do that. Again, we're not trying to condemn him right now. We'll wait for all the facts to come out. I'm sure we'll have a lot more on this, you know, some yeah. results in the next week. But uh, it, it, I, I honestly, honestly, Larry, I didn't think we'd be talking about John Jones. I thought it was th- this week on this show, the last thing on my mind was UFC 214. I, I had oh, no God. clue. Yeah. <laughs> You're, no, I mean, I mean, I thought we were going to be sitting here talking about possibly Jones against Stipe and how big of a fight that would be. I mean, I can't do, I mean, seriously, 
Jones Stipe for the heavyweight title in Detroit when the champion Stipe's from Cleveland, it would have been massive. It would have been, and it would have been almost a pick 'em fight. Yeah, and that's something you don't get uh, when you've got two guys jumping up. I mean, you've got you really got two of the the two premier big fighters in the world going yeah. at it to in their prime. I mean, really, it would, it would have been huge. It, it, I'm not going to say it would rival uh, McGregor Mayweather, but it would not really be on the bad. same level. It, it would be MMA's equivalent to uh, Triple G and Canelo yeah. coming up next month. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. We, we, we spent, you know, we spent uh, half the show talking about this, which is what the plan was, but let's, uh, let's transition here to what we really have going on, something that's at least somewhat positive, And that's the May- Mayweather McGregor. But uh, first we'll, you know, transition to a little sweet science here at the ultimate fight show. here the event that we thought could never happen we talked about it all year we even even three months ago you and I were on the show talking to Al Bernstein and we didn't know if this was going to happen we weren't sure but the world aligned and uh you know the egos got checked and uh we're looking at possibly the biggest event in the history of combat sports ever MGM Grand Saturday night Floyd Money Mayweather Conor McGregor in a boxing ring, 154 pounds for the WBC diamond belt. The belt, the belt itself is worth $3 million. Just the belt. $100 on pay-per-view. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be epic. But first, because we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about the fight, the predictions, the ways it could go. Let's talk about some of the other fights that are going to take place first. And, something that happened last week. Let's just recap. Terrence Crawford's a bad man. Yes, he is. I mean, that Crawford, we're talking about Terrence Bud Crawford and Julius Ndongo, only the third time in in the four-belt era, so since 1987, that all four titles were on the line in a unification bout. This is something that only Bernard Hopkins and Jermaine Taylor have done. And now Terrence Crawford has. I liked uh, Crawford by, I thought he'd stop him in the ninth or 10th. Bud went out there and destroyed him. Dropped him in the second, finished him in the third, all to the body, barely broke a sweat. This guy is special with a capital S. And I'm going to say it right now, August 23rd, 2017, that Terrence Crawford versus Vasali Lomachenko at 147 pounds is, the, is going to be the fight of the decade. And we'll probably see it in about two years. That's some pretty big praise. That's some pretty big prediction coming up. 
seeing that you have a pretty damn good fight coming up next month, uh, not to mention the few, few fights we've had in the last year or so. I, hey, that, that's, a, that's an all-time fight when it happens, and you've got to think it's going to happen down the line. Those two guys are too good not to at least have that conversation and try to hook up. You know, and you, Again, it's one of those things where you have to see you know, you hopefully all the stars will align. You hope the injuries don't come into play. Yeah. But listen, there's a lot of talent out there fighting right now. Upsets can happen any week, anytime, anywhere. You know, you and I agree, you know, that, that those two are at the top of the game. We don't see anybody on the horizon that's going to beat them anytime soon. So, I would love to see it sooner rather than later, but like you said, realistically, we're probably looking at another year or so. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the six best fighters in boxing are as the following. Andre Ward, because I'm not, I'm not counting Mayweather because this is his last fight, and, he's, and he said he's done after this. But no, Andre Ward, Terrence Crawford, Sally Lomachenko, Triple G, Canelo, and um, – I had one other guy that was in there, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank now, but maybe it so might have been Spence, Mayweather. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not Spence. I, I, uh, I, but, but again, those five fighters are the creme de la creme in boxing, and they're all in their prime, except for Andre Ward, who's you know still at, at his peak, but on the twilight side of his career, and. Those are the best fighters, and the chance that we could see a mix and match of some of these guys in the next couple of years is just amazing to me. But also, you know, keep in mind, again, we got Triple G and Canelo fighting in three weeks. We got Mayweather-McGregor this Saturday. Terrence Crawford has already made it abundantly clear that that was his last fight at 140 pounds. He's now moving up to 147, and the list of possibilities there is endless. As you alluded to, Errol Spence, Keith One-Time Thurman, Danny Garcia, Manny Pacquiao, Jeff Horn now, for just to throw into the mix. Um, it's, just, it's just a really special time to be a boxing fan, and I just wanted to give Crawford his props because – what he's done at such a young age already. And I mean, this is a guy who really fights like he wants to hurt somebody. He's super chill, super quiet, goes to work like a, like a consummate pro. But when you get in the ring with him, he's going to murder you. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. It, like I was going to say, he fights with a purpose. Um, and that purpose is to win at all costs. I said this, very, I, I said this several times, but I really, if you think back when we started to show back up last September, I said it then. I thought boxing was on the verge of a remer- a, a emergence. Um, is that how you pronounce that? Reemergence. I thought it yeah. was getting ready to peak again. Not to and you mentioned all those great fighters, and you still didn't mention the heavyweights. There is a mm-hmm. class of heavyweights fighting right now that are 
really, 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 really good. The best class of heavyweights we've probably seen in a couple of decades, I would say. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, barring any type of disaster, <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about, uh, I think people are going to start looking at boxing um, in, within the next few months and in the next couple of years as being the sport of kings, as it always has been. It always will be. It's the best one-on-one sport there is. It's just two men, two women going toe-to-toe with each other. That's why we love the fight game, whether it be mixed martial arts, whether it be boxing. And good boxing is <laughs> good for all sports to me. So, Absolutely. We've well, got said. well said. Uh, we we were gone on vacation, so we didn't get to acknowledge, but you, you mentioned the heavyweights. You know, we're talking about Deontay Wilder. We're talking about uh, Anthony Joshua. Tyson Fury, who's the real lineal champion, um, David Ortiz. These are some, this is a really good time to be a heavyweight boxing fan, but it also, you know, with the beginning of a new era, you see the twilight or the end of the old era. And let's, let's show some respect here for Vladimir Klitschko. He retired officially rather than rematch Joshua what a career. We're talking about the third longest reign in heavyweight history, almost 10 years, 18 defenses of the heavyweight title, third to Larry Holmes and Joe Lewis, the immortal. I got Vladimir Klitschko as probably the sixth or seventh best heavyweight of all time. And that's, I agree with yeah. that. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Al Bernstein and I broke it down a few years ago when I did that top 10 greatest heavyweights of all time, and we came up with the with, with the list, and Klitschko's history hadn't been written yet 100%, and at that time, he was number seven. You could make a case that this guy's six or five. I mean, six foot, six and a half, 83-inch reach, the only chink in his armor was that he didn't have a great chin, but but he's still one of the best jabs ever. 60 knockouts, 65 wins, three losses. He didn't have a great chin, but he never got hit. I mean, go figure. <laughs> exactly. He knew how to fight tall. And his heavyweight bout with Anthony Joshua was probably the best heavyweight fight since his brother and Lennox Lewis fought in 2002. So, all right, Bragg, let's get into uh, some of these fights on the undercards here and taking place on HBO. We got Ray Vargas against uh, Johnny Rios for the 122-pound title. I think – I don't know. I'm 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 going to go with Rios here by decision. Who do you got? I actually have Vargas by decision. Uh, it's going to be a close, good fight, but I think Vargas squeaks yeah. it out. All right. On the main event of that HBO card, we have Miguel Cotto against Yoshihiro Kamagi for the 154-pound WBO title. Kamagi 27 and three, 
21 knockouts, Cotto, Hall of Famer, first ballot, champion from 140 to 154, I mean to 160. Remember, this is the guy that won the lineal middleweight title by destroying Sergio Martinez. And he was a little undersized for Canelo, moves back down to 154, which I think is his best weight, where he gave Floyd Mayweather all he could handle for a few rounds. Who do you like Saturday night? I agree with you. I think uh, 154 is Cotto's best weight. I think he's going to pull up for his I think he goes to a wide UD. Yeah, I, I see a wide UD as well. All right, let's get to the MGM card. We're going to start it off with Andrew Tabitti against Steve Cunningham in a cruiserweight fight. I like Steve Cunningham to win this fight by knockout in the seventh round. I do too. I think I was going to say about the eighth round. We're right on we're right on pace there. Yeah. All right. Nathan Cleverly against Badu Jack for the 175 pound WBA title. Of course, the lineal champion is Superman Adonis Stevenson, and the guy with the other belts is the number one pound for pound fighter, Andre Ward. So Badu Jack, one of Mayweather's guys, cleverly crafty veteran from England. Knows how to fight in and out. This is going to be a really good fight, actually. I'm I'm actually really excited to see this. I'm leaning towards Badu Jack in a close fight by unanimous decision, maybe 115-113. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little on the fight. My first is to say go with Badu Jack, but I don't know. I'm smelling cleverly uh, to pull out a close decision here. It's going to be close. Uh, you might even get a split or a draw, but um, I'll go the other way and say cleverly squeaks it out. All right. Uh, Gervonta Davis against Francisco Fonseca for the 130-pound IBF title. Uh, Gervonta Davis, of course, if you watch the 24-7 <laughs> buildup, is one of Mayweather's protégés. He made him, you know, he's the youngest champion in boxing at 21 years old, and He's being groomed. Mayweather found him at, at a gym a couple of years ago after the Olympics and told him, he's like, hey, come join my promotion team, and in two years you'll be a champion. He is a champion. He told him in three years you'll be making a million dollars a fight. He's making a million dollars a fight now. So the blueprints there, this is a guy that Floyd spent a lot of time with, and I look him to ha- I look for him to have a really big showcase night here and get his name in a lot of people's mouths. Uh, Sunday morning. I, I'm going to go with Gervonta Davis by knockout in the fifth round. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Uh, this is a showcase fight for Davis. It's a fight that's going to, like you said, it's going to put him on the map, really put him in the eyes. Uh, almost, It's almost like a passing of the torch. Mayweather said this is going to be it for him, uh, but this is his guy that he's going to push moving forward. Um, fitting as it is, I think Gervonta Davis wins this fight as well. I think he gets it done in the, uh, you said the fifth round? Yes. Yeah, I was thinking the middle rounds also. I was going to say the seventh. All right. All right. The waiting's over. We'll let, uh, we'll let Buffer take us in. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, it's finally here. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, for everything. 
We'll just leave it at that. It's for everything. Saturday night, Floyd Mayweather, 49-0, and 27 knockouts. Conor McGregor, 22-3 and in the UFC, 0-0 in the, in, the, in the boxing ring. But he is a two-division champion of the UFC. It's the only reason why this fight is taking place. It might be one of the biggest fights. It will probably be the second, for sure, biggest fight in pay-per-view history. But it might. It might do more than Pacquiao Mayweather. I, I, I was someone who didn't think this fight would break $3 million. Now they're saying that it could do five. I, I just don't know if that's hype or if it's, you know, uh, truth. But it's going to be exciting to see. I just said I wouldn't buy it. I'm probably buying it, Bragg. <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, it's too, there's just too much at stake here. The early odds, uh, well, I should say the, the odds have been back and forth for the last few weeks, but we're finally ready to settle in that Floyd Mayweather will be a four to four and a half to one favorite on Saturday night. Should it be more? Did you should it ever, be less? Did you, I was going to say, do you, do you think when we first started talking about this fight last year that it would be as close as four to four and a half to one? No, it was 12 to 1 when it opened up. Now it, it's gone as low as 4 to 1. It hasn't gone lower than 4. I, I think that it will – I just read that two big bets were just put on Mayweather today for a half a million dollars apiece. And I also heard that Floyd Mayweather is going to bet $5 million on himself as well. <laughs> I tell you, there's a lot, a lot of money going to be in Las Vegas this weekend. It's oh, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So, so good much we had, had to, to say it twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is huge, and people who don't realize this, uh, just think about that for a second. There has never been another pay-per-view purchase that has broken. What was it? Uh, May, Mayweather and Pacquiao was four million, four and a half million, four point six, four point six million. They're talking five million. Now whether it will reach that mark, I don't know. I don't. Ha- I have my doubts that it'll get that high. Because as we've talked about before, there are just so many other options, so many other ways to watch uh, these events nowadays. I heard that the ticket sales were actually a little low, uh, that the fight had not sold out as of last weekend. Now, they're in town now as the media starts to be broadcasting live. This, this is huge. You know, for regular boxing matches, even for the biggest boxing matches, you don't see all these media outlets covering this fight. But not only do you have the boxing media, you've got the MMA as well. Dusty Snyder is going to be doing their broadcast this week from Las Vegas. The Fox, Fox Sports 1, is going to be carrying the weigh-ins. So this is really a jointed effort between the UFC and Money Mayweather Promotions and Showtime Boxing. it's a big conglomerate, really, right now, and there are going to be more eyes on that boxing ring Saturday night 
than I think we all, we have, have ever seen. Now, whether the numbers will pay out for that, who knows. But there will be more people watching that boxing match this Saturday night than probably any other fight in history. I, I can't think of any other other event, any other fight outside of maybe, well, of course it's not a fight, but like the Super Bowl, I I can't think of any other sporting event even that is going to garner this much interest this Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, again, Pacquiao Mayweather was a global event. So is this. I would maybe say that when Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson fought, that was a pretty big event as well. But, yeah, Saturday night, make no mistake, it's the biggest, it's the biggest fight. In, it's the biggest sporting event of the year. I, I, I'll say that this is going to be bigger than the Super Bowl as far as the people that are going to watch it because they're paying money to see it. $100. So it's going to be really interesting. Now, Bragg, who do you think is going to emerge victorious Saturday night? How do you see it going down? Storyboard this thing for me. <laughs> well, we've talked about this for a long time. You and I have both agreed that outside of a miracle, outside of some celestial happening as an eclipse or something, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we had that eclipse this week, but I will say, speaking, you know, just 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 a, a backup for just a moment. Um, I don't know if the eclipse this week has as much hype as Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. I'm sorry, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor is having. It's it's, it's ridiculous. And here in South Carolina and Georgia, we are right here through the path of totality. It was a huge deal. People were selling those sunglasses for. Ten twenty dollars a pop. Um, it's crazy. All right, back to the fight. It's a boxing match. Conor McGregor is a great MMA fighter. Boxing is a completely different sport. May- Floyd Mayweather is arguably the greatest boxer of all. He's definitely the greatest fighter. You've had fighters who have been boxing their entire life, who have dedicated their life to the sport of boxing, who couldn't touch him, who top pound-for-pound fighters in the world couldn't beat Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is that damn good. Conor McGregor has been boxing, has dedicated his life to boxing for, what, eight months now, ten months? That's it. And as much of a athlete as Conor McGregor is, as great of a fighter as he is, it's not going to happen for him. He's going to have a chance. Every fighter has a chance. They have a boxer's chance. If he's going to get the Floyd Mayweather, it's going to have to be early during that feel-out period. Conor McGregor's not going to have to take that. He can't take that period early in the fight to feel out Floyd Mayweather. He's going to have to attack him. He's going to have to catch Floyd Mayweather. He's going to have to get off of Floyd Mayweather first. He's going to have to attack him. He's going to have to go after him. He's going to have to be aggressive. 
but you risk the you risk the chance then of being too aggressive and getting caught by Floyd Mayweather. Both of these fighters are smart. Both of these fighters have taught a big game. But when it comes down to it, when they both step in the ring on Saturday night, they both are going to have solid game plans. They're both going to have an idea of what they want to do and how they think the fight's going to go. But just like has been said by many fighters in the past, everybody has a game plan to I've seen a meme going around this week has Floyd Mayweather saying everybody's got a game plan until they throw 90, 90 punches that miss me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting, especially early on, because everybody's going to be on the edge of their seat saying, can Connor do it? Can he catch him? Connor is a big, strong guy for that size. He is a big puncher. And gloves, which last week, I don't necessarily think it gives McGregor a, uh, more of an advantage, but, you know, it's going to be a little closer to what he's used to on his wrist and on his hands. With that being said, I think you see some hot action early. I think you see McGregor be aggressive early. The first couple of rounds, I think he's going to go after him. I think Mayweather's going to settle in after the second round. Maybe not even take that long. But I think he's going to start picking him apart. I think he's going to start keeping his distance. I think the chase is going to be on. And I think by the time you get to the seventh or eighth round, I think Conor McGregor is going to be hurt. And I think you're going to get to the eighth, ninth round to the point where I don't think the referee or the doctor is going to let Conor McGregor continue. I think McGregor, I think Mayweather beats him up. I think he puts it on him, and I think we get a TKO stoppage. In the mid to late rounds, I'll say eighth round, ninth round, Floyd Mayweather will come out victorious on Saturday night. All right. We got five minutes left, and I'm going to take it all. Um, of course, we got the Pauly Malinaji sparrer. You know, looked like he fell. Malinaji went to <laughs> talk with Connor and his trainer. I don't know if you saw the video, but – they got into it for a second. He told them to show the whole tape, show one one view, don't show cutouts, because when you're sparring, they don't have real rounds on the bottom like they do at a real fight. And But but the best thing that Paulie said when Connor was there, he goes, hey, Connor, bring your ball Saturday night because you're going to need him against Floyd. And what he meant by that when he was asked to clarify that, and he said that this guy quits in the middle of the right that they sparred 12 rounds. And by the seventh, eighth round, Connor was quitting. He looks for these ways to get out. He runs out of gas. Floyd's not going to run out of gas. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, I said it from day one, the soon as the bell rings, Floyd Mayweather is going to, I I think we're going to see the best Floyd we've ever seen because I think he knows it's his last one. He said he owes the fans for the Pacquiao. I think Floyd puts that guard up, walks this guy down. Connor made some comment about the the, the, the first loss in the fight is going to be who takes a step back. Connor, you don't have to worry about taking a step back. I'm 
he's getting dropped. I'm saying it right now. Floyd Mayweather knocks this dude out in the first round. The first round. Conor McGregor is getting knocked out on Saturday night in the first round. And I think people are going to be upset. And I think they're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I paid for this. And I'm shocked. But Floyd Mayweather is going to beat this dude up bad. And Conor's only chance is to th- to close his eyes and throw like an Antonio Tarver against Roy Jones type punch. <laughs> it's his only chance. Close your eyes and throw a right hand and see if it hits. Because, you know, my dad used to have a little saying, give your, hearts to Je- give your heart to Jesus because your ass belongs to me. Connor better start praying. Because even at the, even at the, they did a press conference today where they went toe to toe. Connor was smiling and whatnot. Floyd didn't, even make a sound he, he his look could have could have killed someone he's gonna eat this dude alive he was like i said i don't see a worst case scenario the fight that, that that's the max that's the max prediction but connor there's been rumors that he's having trouble making the weight Floyd said that he's willing to bet money or doesn't make the 154 pound limit. And I think that this dude's in over his head. I think that he's never been on an event of this magnitude. It's different than the UFC. And he's going to, you know, if Canelo and those guys are missing, you're not going to hit him. Floyd Mayweather, first round knockout. I'll take the fifth round, one through five, my prediction. For Saturday night. Wow, I thought you'd give him a little more credit than that. I'm, I'm hoping that it's a better fight than that. I, I really want it to be a good fight, competitive fight at least for a little bit. Uh, but I could definitely see happening early, earlier rather than later. I, there's, I, again, outside of a hail mary, you know, drives and swing for defenses type happening. Floyd Mayweather is going to dominate this fight on Saturday night, and he's going to come out victorious. Bragg, I already went on to the money store and bought my Floyd Mayweather, and then on the back it says 50-0, and 0, and it says hard work and dedication. I'm going to be wearing it while I'm watching it happen Saturday night. We spent a lot of time. We only got a minute. It was great to get back into this. Uh, we're sorry that we haven't been posting more episodes, but we're going to try to alleviate that. We'll definitely be back for Triple G and Kello, and hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about what transpired Saturday night. Bragg, we got 40 seconds. Anything you want to say? No, nah, man. Just uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to conversing with you throughout the evening on Saturday night. Uh, should be exciting. Uh, depending on what happens, we'll definitely get together next week, talk about the aftermath. Um, yeah, man, enjoy it. For Chris, I'm your host, Elsie, saying thanks for stopping by for another episode of the Ultimate Fight Show. Good night. Are you ready? Are you ready?